Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, children of all ages, welcome to Socks on Tap. Tony, I, my first reaction is just fuck yes, let's go. Socks versus Detroit. That's that's where it all starts. Because it all starts taking care of business in house in the Central Division. That's right. I'm a meatball. You got to bring that top button swag, baby. It is always great to beat the Cubs. And I'm a homer, so I always say they're gonna. Dallas Keiko Lampson got some beards that you should be afraid of. What everybody said when he gets out there, it's me versus the other guy, and I'm gonna beat him. So I just love that mentality. It's cool and fucking tough. Steve, Steve, would you say that Tony is mad online? I, I would definitely say that. The White Sox winner. White Sox fans, welcome in. It is the Sox on Tap postgame show. I am Johnny Nani, joined today by Tony Marchese, discussing 8-0 White Sox winner on this fine Saturday evening. Tony, how you doing, my man? Doing great, Johnny. Uh, it's it's always good to drink victory beers. They taste better than misery beers. We've had far, far, far too many of those on this show throughout the course of this year. It's going to be back in the left-hand column with victory beers. Johnny, uh, how are you doing, my friend? I I concur. We, you and I had just it was kind of like a telepathy telepathy thing last night, right? We were about to like text each other the same thing that we've had misery beers way too frequently, as you just mentioned there. So, uh, yeah, it's good good to be enjoying the victory beers today. Uh, like you said, tastes much much better. And the White Sox needed this one, Tony, um, especially after a disappointing start to the series. Now you can at least salvage a split. Uh, not where you want to be overall in the series, but at the same time, it was good to see Johnny Cueto shove in the offense break out today. And so often it happens, uh, Johnny, we're talking about another Johnny Cueto uh, start where he's done incredible. Um, it, it's it's really odd to think that starting this season, Johnny Cueto wasn't like on this roster, active roster. He's been just nails uh for most of the time in in the white Sox rotation since he's joined the big league club uh i think this is the first start where a white Sox starter has gone into the eighth inning and recorded an out um and i think he's yeah that is the first time a white Sox pitcher has done that man i I thought we would have said that before today right i I honestly thought we would have said that before today yeah yeah. No, I, I agree. And, you know, it's like he has, I think it was eight quality starts, obviously the most of any White Sox starting pitcher. And he didn't join the big league club until May 16th, I believe. That was his first start when they were in Kansas City. So um, I'm, I'm a fan of old school kind of baseball in that regard, Tony. I love seeing starting pitchers go deep. I love a complete game. It was great. I remember last year, the home opener, seeing Lance Lynn uh, sort of shut out complete game. That was awesome. Uh so it was good. It was good to see some some depth uh, in this game, and also saving the bullpen too. Yeah, and that's something that the White Sox have failed to do. I mean, again, we're we're talking about the first time this has happened all year, Johnny. Yeah, it, it, it's it's so important to do. I think that that's it's awesome that it happened today. But I mean, I'm more hung up on the fact that this is the first time we're talking about it with this rotation. Lucas Giolito hasn't done it. Dylan Cease hasn't done it. Uh, Lance Lynn, obviously injured, hasn't done it. Michael Kopech, innings limit. There's, you know, all sorts of weird injury stuff with him from time to time. Hasn't done it. Dallas Keiko, when he was here, never did it. Vince Velasquez hasn't done it. It's Johnny Cueto who gets their job done today. It's probably the best start you've seen out of a White Sox pitcher 
all season. Of course, it comes against Detroit. What does it mean? We're, we're here to break it down for you. Right, yeah, in the grand scheme of things, like I had mentioned, you don't want to be in this situation. You want to be taking three of four. I think a sweep, obviously, would have been ideal. Three of four is probably what everybody was baseline expecting. And then, of course, they go out and lay an egg in both first two games uh, of the series. So um, in the grand scheme of things, yeah, no one's proclaiming hashtag back, anything like that. I think we've gotten our hopes up too many times uh, after these. And uh, Tony, is especially after, we'll get into a little bit of the more nitty gritty here in a second. But just when we're talking grander scale here, after the game, they asked Gavin Sheets, obviously at a home run early in this one. Um, so they had him on the interview and Jason Benetti asked Gavin Sheets, what's it going to take? for uh, this team to be able to start stringing together multiple wins in a row here. And he had said, you know, oh, just build on this one, yada, yada. The cliche answers, right? It's like the hockey answers of get pucks, deep pucks to the net, that kind of shit. I would have honestly respected him more if he just straight up said we can't. See, I wouldn't, Johnny. At this point, I wouldn't. because I like being it, truthful. But here's the thing. Like, they everybody's can't. down Everybody's down on this team. Who says that they can't? You? Yeah. Well, okay. oh no, 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 no. The White Sox do, but but just by it, they, they do it in their actions. So well, yeah, of they course. Can. So th- at, at that point, yeah. So they need to they need to do something. They need to do something. But I'm like the pissing and moaning around this thing. Like I I, I guess for a second, you here, happy with where they are? No, I'm not. <laughs> I'm fucking pissed at where they're at. But what does fucking moping around? What do comments like this get you? This, this Michael Solzars. Let's keep it real, men. Let's discuss who needs to be moved by eight two and look forward to next season. Well, then stop fucking tuning into socks on tap. Stop tuning into this over and over and over again. You're just gonna hurt yourself. I don't understand it. I really don't. Because if you can't fucking just sit down and enjoy a baseball game where the White Sox win eight nothing, yeah. In the grand scheme of things, right now right. where we're at, it fucking sucks. Yeah, it sucks. But if you want to piss and moan like you've never like enjoyed anything in your life, go ahead. By all means, do it. Yeah. Uh, they have to. They have to start with something. And have right. they proven to any of us that right. they can do right. it? Absolutely not. But you still have to play the rest of this season, right? No, I, out in, in some sort of fashion. If you want to wave the white flag right now, that's fine. But I'm not the type of person, Johnny. I'm not waving white flags I'm, right now. I'm, done. I'm, not, I'm not saying that they're fucking I'm, done and it's cooked. Could they be? Absolutely. Am I going to be pissed off as you are? Sure. But I, I just like, what do you want from Gavin Sheets there? I'm yeah. curious. Oh, no, no, no. It, Tony, it's a joke. I'm, I'm, I'm getting, it, it's a manner of uh, expressing the overall um, displeasure with the state of where they are versus 100%. the ex- versus the expectations. The just expectations be, are and, here. And it's the just above this and, fucking screen. And, and it's just, uh, we've talked about it on numerous occasions in terms of, will this be the momentum builder? Or this could be a good block no, to be able to that. do it. Right. And they just have not shown the ability to do it outside of what? They had a one six-game win streak. I want to say they had another four-game win streak there. But really, when you're talking I, about... You can you can count them on right. less than when, one hand. Right. When you, but when you're talking about stringing together, like, dude, I remember, like, granted, 05, don't get me wrong, it was kind of a unicorn year in certain ways. But I think they had five different eight-game winning streaks. It's like, <laughs> that shit would be really, really nice down the stretch. Yeah, where, where's that? I mean, that, that, that's what that's what gets yeah, me no, right I'm, here. Sockside Mike's here, yeah. too. Uh, we aren't out of it yet. There's still something in the air they haven't unlocked yet. They can still close right. the gap. It, I, I, the, my, I, the, the other Mike, I just want to reply to this real quick, Johnny. I don't know if they can. I don't know. 
Right. I said this on a show earlier this year. It's either going to crash and burn like the shittiest dumpster fire you've ever watched, yeah. or it's going to be cinematic somehow. Yeah, it, it's just it's just interesting that kind of lingering in the middle, though, Tony, because obviously, like you said, I think that was a good comment from Slackside Mike there when he said uh, something in the air, because I think we all kind of like feel that, right? Because it's supposed to be a competitive year. It's supposed to be right in the middle of the window, right? This is supposed to be, what, year three of competitive territory, and they're middling right now in the division, but literally right in the middle in third place there. Um, when they should be on top of it, when like we expected. But there have been other factors in terms of injuries, in terms of tough schedule to start, weak schedule to finish. So see how that happens. But um, overall, today, I guess, Tony, the frustration goes from not in this stretch, like, you know, we've been talking about it, anticipating the stretch against AL, uh, excuse me, yeah, AL Central teams here that they need to take care of. And everyone talked about the 19 games and whatever. And the start to it is just been underwhelming. And it also puts a lot more pressure on themselves when they have to go on the road next week. And those aren't going to be easy games by any means because there's no break with the Tigers there. You go straight to the second place team in Cleveland and then right to Minnesota, first place team, close out right before the all-star break. So I think you're just kind of backloading yourself with a lot of pressure there. And that's what I'm just worried about because even if they do play like 500 ball there, it's still kind of, it's we're at the same spot, back square one in terms of just kind of middling. Yeah, and here's the weird part. They've, they they seem to play better on the road. They seem to hit yep. more home runs weird. on the road. It's weird. It's unlike any other ball club that I've ever watched in my entire life. Last I year's just, the opposite. Right? Yeah, yeah, it's it's usually the opposite. And, you know, I've man, this is one of the first games where I missed the first couple innings in, in, in quite a while, in a couple of weeks. And, and to tune into this game with the Sox having a lead was a weird – just a weird feeling on it. Like, where was the drama here? How did they get through this one so scotch-free almost? Like, it, it yeah. just it, – the, the end of the game felt a little bit different. But, you know, I, I agree with you in that sense. It's it's very interesting how this team dynamic has played out over the course of the first half of the season. We're past the halfway mark now. They have to be – they have to be awesome. They have to be, what is it, 50, like go 50 and 30, like through this last 80-game stretch uh, in order to even like sniff 89, 90 wins. I don't know what exactly the, the numbers lay out to, Johnny, but they did themselves no help through the first half of this season. Right. None whatsoever. The unfortunate fact is if I take a step back here and I look at the AL Central as we have it, You've got Cleveland who's still hanging around, and they're a much worse ball club on paper than they've been over the last few years. You've got Minnesota right. who's kind of just middled, middled their way through things. They've got their own problems and their own struggles, but they've handled the White Sox like it's a cakewalk. Then you've got the Detroit Tigers who are an up-and-coming ball club. I have no clue what the fuck's going on in Kansas City, but who cares? It's Kansas City. I'm worried about Detroit, though, over the next couple of seasons because of the talent that's coming up through their system and what's going on there. This was a team that was supposed to be successful through this period of time, right? Like, that's where we're at. This was supposed to be the White Sox beating up on the AL Central for this. Like, this whole run was was built on this. Get yourselves into the playoffs. Get yourselves a shot to get hot towards the end of the year and go. Is that over right now? I, I'm, I'm, I'm really, it's really tough for me to say it isn't it, or that it is over. It's, it's tough for me oh. to say that it's over, but I go online. I look every single yeah. day, Johnny. And it's like, 
it's over, it's over, it's over, it's over. I don't know. I don't know the answer because everybody wants to say that it's over. Maybe I'm a crazy person. Maybe I'm on an island somewhere. And yeah, I know you were joking when when you said you were yeah, like Gavin Sheets to say I gotta cope with it. I, I can't. Yeah, I can't yeah, do it. Yeah, they. My my boy, I don't raise my kids to yeah. say it's ever over, Johnny. That's <laughs> no, what I wanted it, to come full circle it's, to. It's yeah. never fucking over. Right. We we raise it, winners in this house, and Gavin it, Sheets should be a winner. It is funny to hear like the baseball like versions of cliches, though. Oh, build on this, and like, oh, hopefully, yeah. you know, that gets the bats going or something like that. But I mean, if what what else are you gonna say? I, I totally get it. But I, I, just it, wish, it, 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 I wish it would have dropped. You're only as good as your yeah, last envelope. Yeah, right. It, yeah, it, it would be good though if that's like the thing that does. Like, you know, something is nice. Like cliche is that is the thing that does uh, spark them. Like really use it timing wise. You know, sometimes it's, you know, uh, what, what Hawk would always used to say, you know, it's not about who you play when you play them. Um, well, maybe the White Sox can get uh, if, you know, things work out and this is the start of a winning streak. It would be perfect timing for it here. Uh, but I mean, the fact of the couldn't... matter is, man, like, do, do you buy into Detroit wins at this point? Like th- these should be. At I, this point in the season, well, I think it's just a matter of taking care of business, like right against, that should against be the Orioles, taking care against of the business. Rangers, right? Yes. Teams that you should take care. Of. Like we wanted three or four from the Orioles, and they haven't Didn't done have. it, right? They, they haven't wanted done that. Two or three from the Rangers, we only got one. Now here we can get a split. Okay, so that is better than the you know losing three against the Orioles, but it's just the like we we just talked about. You're putting more pressure on yourself when it's going to be you know really ramped up next week on the road so i and then into the second half too like you'd said the the clip that they have to play at essentially uh to if they were going to you know surge to the top uh of the division there so it's just make it life hard on yourself when they could have made it a little easier on themselves and that that's just what's frustrating i think to all white Sox fans right now so i think people express it in different ways mine is usually sarcasm over uh, over uh you know exaggerated comments um, that's kind of how I, that's why you're negative and, none. Right. And, and then, you know, but I, I would, I'm not, I'm not in the it's over camp. Um, but like I said, they've made life diff- very difficult on themselves, which is not fun to watch. I mean, I look at it as a, as you know, like, you know, the, the white Sox are just a student in college that's waiting to the absolute last minute to turn in their assignment. Right? Really cramming. Yeah. <laughs> They're really cramming. They're really cramming. Like, <laughs> Every time they go out and lose a ball game is another night out at the college bar. Right. You know, 60 cent beer night. We're going to mail it in. And then when we need to get ready for the final exams, we're going to turn it on. And they are waiting till the absolute fucking last minute to get on this shit. Yeah. They need some life. They need something. I don't know what it is, but that's what it feels like watching this team. Because you, you watch them go lose two in a row to the Detroit Tigers at home. I was at one of those games. You were at one of those games. I don't think either of us left that stadium at all happy. No, I, I was, dude, I, I was upset last night just because the, the Giolito was moving along pretty damn well through like five, six, right? And then the damage started to happen. And the Sox were up 2-0. Granted, they could have helped themselves out with a few more runs early in that ball game. 
But then, you know, the Joe Kelly comes in and uh, lets up, you know, the rest of Giolito's runners left on base, lets up two of his own there. Uh, and then the White Sox do make, a, you know, a little bit of a claw back, uh, but it, it was a little bit too little too late. Um, and they weren't able to get a clutch hit. And, you know, nobody activated hero mode in the ninth inning. So that was I was frustrated. I will say I had a great time at the ballpark on Friday night. It was beautiful weather because, you know, but the end result left me very disappointed. So. <laughs> And then you had, dude, I can't believe how you, I don't know how you sat through them getting no hit through five <laughs> into the six on. Uh, the I'll show Thursday you how night. this, this yeah, is how, right. yeah. that's there how, that's how, uh, you know, it, it was, that was rough. And then you, you get a little bit of hope in that ninth inning. Unable to seal the deal there. These are, these are things that I've, I've watched. And again, it felt like just that game was kind of just a subset of what I said. It's like a, a college kid that's just waiting yeah. to the last minute to turn in its assignment. Um, the late inning stuff. I know our guy, White Sox sale probably listen to this. It, it, the, the Ricky's boys don't quit mentality <laughs> or the Tony, you know, Tony's boys don't quit, whatever you want to say that it doesn't matter. This team has the ability to go pour it on in the first, second, third inning and go win a ball game. You saw it today. Dude, your boy Gavin Sheets. I know we kind of went off into a grander scheme of things here, but just getting back to scoring early, the importance of that, dude, and a three-run shot. Multi-run home runs are cool and tough, Tony. They are. Your boy did it. Yeah, they are. And, you know, there's not been enough of that. Preached it on this show. Not myself, maybe more of you, Steve, ball go far, team go far. I just care about like win, loss, end of the yeah. day, where all of this stuff settles out um, and, and kind of want to see some of the momentum and just, you know, how, it's, how things it's an, go. It's an ingredient within but the, that is, getting in the left-hand column. It is. That definitely is one of the main ingredients to get right. into the left-hand column. And you see that today, early on in a ball game, give your pitcher something to work with. Mm-hmm. Wow, like maybe we should try this out way more often. Yeah, yeah, it, it, it feels like feel like they've been trailing. I, I, honestly, it'd be a good stat to go and look up, like how, how many times have they fallen behind? When do they score the first run and first, you know, inning runs too? Uh, that would definitely be a good research project to go and look at it. But um, I, I think that it, what you'd mentioned there too, giving your pitcher run support. I don't know if Johnny Cueto has the outing that he does today without that early run support where he can kind of just get out there and get in a groove. And even if he say he did let up a first, second inning home run, wouldn't have been the end of the world because you already had three run cushion. Exactly. Uh, you know, uh, Mike Solzars again in here, uh, hard to hit three on homers when no one is on base. Huge issue. That is a huge issue. That is a huge issue, but I would say, Johnny, I've seen these bases packed more often than I have not in certain situations where they weren't driving runs in earlier on in the season. What was it like? The, what were they like one for there was a point yeah. where they were like, Oh, for like 12 or one for 13. Where yeah. Bases loaded, not That's, just runners on base bases loaded. Bases yeah. loaded. That was earlier in the season, but yeah. And hopefully those stats have gotten better. I don't know where they sit yeah. right now amongst the rest of the league, but at least that's happening a little bit more than never right now. Like, I know this is a huge straw to like grasp at, but could you imagine like if that just went throughout the entire year where they were like one for like 200 with runners in scoring position? Because it felt like we were going to be there for a while. Nobody would have any hair left on their head. No, 
No, nobody would rip it all nobody out. Would. Yep. Let's let's get into a little bit more from today's ball. Yeah, game. Let, let, well, let's talk. Let's talk Jenny Cueto. I know. I know we kind of brushed over it, but eight, like you'd said, a longest outing by Sox pitcher this year. Uh, five hits, no runs, uh, no walks, five Ks, um, and total combined because Jose Ruiz comes in to uh, close that thing down, and he didn't walk anyone either, which is somewhat been an issue for him as of late. So. Talk about a clean, crisp ball game, as you like to say, Tony. No errors in this one for either side, but obviously talking White Sox here. Um, that's how you win a baseball game. That, that's and, and in no pan, like there's no panic, there's no heart attack, you know, moments late. I'm sure Jose Reese probably could have made things a little bit interesting, but even then, you're up eight. So um I'm still waiting for him to lose that ball game. Yeah, <laughs> like it was, it was Stone. There was the thing was Benetti had said that uh, you have to think, you know, Jose Ruiz is going to be out here no matter, you know, as long as it like, you know, possibly takes. And it's like, don't, don't, don't jinx it. Like, because no. watch next thing you know, it's five, then it's six, then it's seven. <laughs> no, mm-hmm. we, can't, we, can't, we can't be doing that. We've, we've watched that story before, dude. Like, we honestly have over the course of this season. Yeah. Large White Sox leads erased within you know, 15 minutes of baseball. And all of a sudden you're talking about a completely different outlook here. Glad that Jose Ruiz came in and got the job done for Johnny Cueto, but you're right. Very clean today. Not a lot to write home about in terms of things that you can pick apart that were bad on defense, bad from the pitching. This is not a show that we're prepared to even talk about right now because we are trained to talk about all of these different mishaps. There, defensively, we can actually give props. There was actually a pretty cool play when a, one kind of got through Abreu a little bit, but it like hit off his glove, and then Harrison was like right there behind him. It was like you know just like a good backup timing sort of play. So um, that, that that was cool to see. Um, that, that's about defensive highlights. What I got from that, and then obviously from offense, uh, we go down the box score, and you're talking, um, you know, multi-hit days for Sheets, uh, your boy. Tim Anderson, uh, Jose Abreu, uh, keeping that hitting streak alive. And, uh, you know, only, no. It's yeah, only, only Josh, got, Harrison. Josh, Har- Josh Harrison. Only guy that didn't get a hit. That's pretty damn good. Hey, feast on offense sometimes, you know. And it's the biggest thing that I've seen from this team is you've got days where they will do this. Days where the offense will show up. And then, you know, we said it earlier, you're only as good as your last envelope you have to split this series. Like you absolutely have to, we're going to be back on these airwaves pretty pissed off about where we're at dropping a series to Detroit. Tomorrow's a must win ball game. Go score eight again. That's what you need to do. You have to go out and just win that ball game. Be as aggressive as you saw today and make things happen. I'm done with the warning track nonsense. I'm done with, you know, getting these just, you know, hard hit exit V low balls that are hit right at people. I love Gavin Sheets' plate approach right Dude, now. He had, one, he had one, obviously the home run, but then he also yes. had one where he, you know, went the other way on something. Nobody home on the third nobody base home side. On, nobody home on the third base side. That's good situational hitting. Yeah. Situational okay. hitting is something that I feel like the White Sox really struggle at doing. Yeah. It, and, the, and when you're talking about like, you know, cause you know, you hate the warning track power. It's like, yeah, where you still put a good, you know, you, you did put a good swing on it, but it's, you know, just coming up short. I mm-hmm. like 
what Jose Abreu and Tim Anderson did on a pair of RBI doubles today. And Jose Abreu made the right fielder look stupid. He didn't know how hard that, mm-hmm. how hard or hot or high that thing was coming in, but it, you know, eventually gets it would have even if he would have read it right. I think that thing still gets over and drives in a couple of runs. But then Tim Anderson uh, kind of you know got it to the gap there. So I'd much rather see that than just top, you know, tall, towering fly ball that gets caught with the guy's back right up against the wall. That's just me though. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, it is what it is. I, I think a lot of these guys right now are are trained to have that same swing plane, same swing path, try and drive the ball, hit the home run, do all this. And we know ball go far, team go far. We know that. But the, the situational hitting piece to this, this isn't small. I'm not talking small ball. I want doubles. I want triples. I want, you know, the bases still moving here. That comes with finding those gaps. That comes with getting runners on base. People complain about, Oh, you know, like even just, you know, we were just talking about it. It's hard to hit three run homers when no one's on base. Well, if you've got a left-hander who's going to be shifted, hit the ball where they're not. Take something that's outside and just drive something down the third baseline. You saw that from Sheets Day. You saw the Jose Abreu that you just talked about, uh, his double there. They've gotten, away, they've gotten away from a little bit of that type of baseball and – when you see the, like those types of things happen, the White Sox generally win baseball games. Am I wrong? Like a no. couple of doubles, couple extra base hits, find the gaps. Part, part of that recipe. Yeah, that it's part of the recipe for success, Johnny. And I, I feel like I've watched this team hit the ball directly at people more than any other baseball team I've ever watched in my entire life. That to me comes back to a couple of things. One is the scouting report on this White Sox offense must be so fucking detailed that other teams know exactly where everything is going all the time. And guys aren't willing to make adjustments to beat that scouting report. And two, it comes back to some of the situational stuff, awareness on the, on on the field, on the offensive side, if your scouting report says you're going to hit the ball right into right center field or on a slider, you're going to you're going to try and pull it ground ball to shortstop. They know exactly where to position these guys. You got to start taking different types of swings, putting the ball in play a, a, a different way. And also on a third point here, just throw sliders right at every single White Sox hitter. It feels like in the middle <laughs> of that order and it's it's game fucking over half the time. I'm I'm sick of seeing that. The offensive approach has just been brutal. You see, when when they make these adjustments, just a couple of them, things happen. Good things happen. Yeah, yeah. Good the, things. The, you know, it, that's what the, 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 it's so frustrating just because um, we know they're capable of this on a consistent basis, and they know they are too. I thought it was interesting when they were talking about you know players trying to you know put their finger on the issues and you know what's going wrong or trying to explain the the tough first half and it's you know it's hard for them to even do so because they know they're a more talented group and i think we all know that and that's that's why the you know kind of anger angst i guess angst is a good word for it uh, amongst white Sox fans just because you know you, you know that the, they are better than that it's about you know doing that consistently so um like you'd mentioned tomorrow pretty much must win game and i agree with you in that putting up some, you know, a lot of runs again, early runs too, would be very nice because Michael Kopech will take the hill and he has just been struggling. He's been fighting it ever since that knee issue. Uh, Granny didn't have an IL stint or anything, but it kept him out like a week and he's been fighting it. So he'll go up against uh, Drew Hutchinson in the series finale here, Tony. Um, how do you think Michael Kopech will fare uh, in this game? 
you know, you want to see him come out in this ball game and exude confidence and and just work the fastball uh, the way that you know Michael Kopech can. Uh, there's plenty of hitters in the Detroit Tigers lineup that are prone to the strikeout. Uh, and Kopech is a strikeout, fuck you kind of pitcher. So if he goes out there, his stuff is on. I think you can see a path towards Michael Kopech recovering because this is the perfect lineup, I feel like, for him to face, Johnny. Uh, however, that said, Kopech's kind of struggled a little bit at home in certain circumstances. You saw a couple of times where he's had a real big problem with the mound at home, specifically versus some of his road starts. You want to you you want Michael Kopech to give you five solid innings tomorrow, and this this sounds cheap to me because a, even two or three years ago, man, we'd be sitting here saying I want eight innings of Michael Kopech. Yeah. <laughs> I don't think that's going to happen. So you want five strong right. innings. Johnny Cueto saved your bullpen today. You can go to hopefully Kendall Graveman, Liam Hendricks, Liam Hendricks yeah. to, to to get through that. Uh, I'm just not sure what Kopech has in the tank right now. I right. think long term, we got. Uh, yeah, go ahead. I, I, I just, Tony, when you're talking about, you know, with what does Kopech have in the tank? Uh, we, when we came on for a little rain delay theater uh, the other night, um, you, you mean Steve and Steve had talked about this a little bit, addressing uh, D Bell 23's comment here. Kopech is hurt, I think, and I think everybody's kind of like, you know, what's wrong with him? Obviously, he had the knee issue. We knew about that, um, but once again, no, I else didn't there. But I would also go and venture to say that there's probably a little bit of dead arm period. I would, I tend to agree with Steve on that just because of the lack of buildup over the years. Right. Um, mm-hmm. And there's the, the certain things that happened with the opt out of the, obviously the Tommy John and the opt out of the uh, COVID season and where you're at in, in terms of the lockout shortened spring training here. Um, I think we are seeing some of that. And I, I you know, that's unfortunate, but we had talked about the possibility of shutting him down till the all-star break. Well, let's see what he's got tomorrow. I think that'll be ultimate determinant uh, of that. Yeah, I, I, I think it will as well. And I think something that, you know, hasn't really been discussed is the fact that the White Sox decided that this was the year that they were going to take him from the bullpen and put him in the starting rotation. Obviously that commands a little bit more on the arm uh, than relief appearances, depending on how, you know, your manager, pitching coach, pitching staff wants to utilize your arm out of the bullpen. But he's stretched out at this point, but he's not where you need Michael Kopech to be. When his stuff is on, when he's clean, when he's feeling good, you obviously know his stuff is some of the best in this rotation. I think him and Dylan Cease could be a nasty one-two if all the stars align the right way. They would be just the, the forefront of you know up and coming just great young pitchers in baseball however that's not how things have worked out you talked about some of the injuries you talked about the opt-out year the build-up to this obviously last year Kopech worked out of the bullpen uh the entire season outside of a a couple of little spot starts here and there multi-inning appearances it's it's curious to me right now Johnny where would Michael Kopech be if he was a bullpen piece through this season versus being in the starting rotation. Obviously, the back end of this bullpen has suffered a little bit uh, through William Hendricks' injury. You've had Joe Kelly go down a couple of times. You're missing Garrett Crochet. You know, where would we be if Michael Kopech was a two-inning option 
in the back end of the bullpen right now, like he was last year. I think that there's a yeah. little bit of a different feel towards the back end of the bullpen when you don't have Michael, like right. a, 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 just a stud coming in that can give you 96 plus 97, sometimes reaching 98 miles an hour last season. You know, you're talking about, is he hurt right now? Is his arm not built up the way that it should be? Obviously there was a lockout that affected some of this. And this was the year that he pushed into the starting rotation. We're heading into mid July, a little bit of dead arm period. Was that the right move? I don't know. I don't know the answer to that, but I do know that Michael Kopech has the stuff to be a front end starter. It's just unfortunate to see what we're witnessing with some dips in velocity, some injury issues. Seems like something's nagging him. I don't, I don't know how his arm feels. I'm not Michael Kopech, but I'm, I'm also slightly concerned. That's not. Yeah, no, no. Like I said, I think tomorrow will be a big determinant, but uh, it's an interesting hypothetical to ponder Tony, but um, it was, the plan was always for him to be a starter, right? We, we everybody knew that, and then they were just had to adjust to the ex, some out of control. We didn't know COVID was going to happen, right? Walk out, didn't know exactly how long that would knock out yep. certain spring training things. So, um, few factors out of control. I, I overall, I think right move end of the day because I know we're all concerned this year. We don't, you know, we want to win this year, but at the same time, you're probably getting a more polished version of Michael Kopech in the rotation next year and beyond, which is the ideal outcome in the long term, right? So Sure. That's the, that's the ideal outcome, Johnny. But also I've heard so many people tell me that the fucking windows closed after this year. So what does that do me? That's, that's my question to everybody else. What does it do me? So let's ride Michael Kopech as hard as we fucking can this year and no excuses, no excuses. He needs to throw eight innings. He's got to be sitting <laughs> 96, 97, because this is the only year that matters right now. So that, it, it, Yes, you're going to get a way better version of Michael Kopech probably in two years than you have right now. This is his first year starting in the big leagues outside of when he came up with the White Sox. But we're going to ride him super hard. And, and if he has issues and falters, where was the backup plan? The backup plan was Johnny Cueto. You were Vinny Velo. <laughs> yeah, Vinny Velo, Johnny Cueto. And he's done far above expectations. Johnny Cueto has been far above expectations. The The fact of the matter is, Reynaldo Lopez kind of really came in and not in the same situation because he's made up for two guys. He's made up for Garrett Crochet and he's made up for Michael Kopech not being in the back end of that bullpen this year. Joe Kelly, Kendall Graveman. I'm like, I'm curious what other people kind of think about this. You've seen Kendall Graveman have some great outings. Joe Kelly feels like dare I say kind of the same like Alex Colome experience. We're going to make this interesting, but we'll eventually get out of it. Most times. I don't know what the hell they're going to do down the stretch here to make sure that you don't have these types of issues. This was supposed to be the, like the best bullpen. The most money has been spent (laughs) on this bullpen. Like, and it's just, it doesn't feel right. And I, I go back yeah, to what I said. If you had, if you had Michael Kopech there, he was electric. It was almost unfair to bring him into some of those situations last season. Get me through an inning, Michael Kopech. Go for it. Would it have been better for the White Sox to have spent, I don't know, extra mo- that, that money that was spent on Joe Kelly on bringing in a starter for on a one-year deal? or a two-year deal, and then letting Michael Kopech ramp up in the bullpen by being a two-three-inning guy, 
this season and then flipping him to a starter next year when you've got a full spring training? That's my question. It's an interesting hypothetical, Tony, but I think last year, what you're talking about there, that plan uh, was implemented last year, right? And then it was the, you know, uh, going forward this year, it was the time to move him to the starting rotation. So I, I do, I, it's a butterfly effect, right? We talk about it, you know, about there's plenty of different situations that we've pondered, right, in, in the same vein. But um, overall, I, I always wanted to see Michael Kopech in the rotation, so I'm glad it happened, even though we are seeing some of this. I mean, hell, look at some of the growing pains that Dylan Cease had to go through um, as he was coming along, and now his stuff is just electrified. So um, you're, you'd be kicking that can further down the road. But it's it, like you said, it's an interesting situation to ponder, and then um, you would have just – with the money you spent on the bullpen, you would have wished we wouldn't even have this conversation, right? I think that's where I go yeah. back to. Like, 100%. Yeah, so. 100%. I, 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 I just – that the, the bullpen spending over the past couple of years has been just through the roof. And, and I think it was for the White Sox kind of a uh, reaction to what happened during that 2020 season, Johnny. I, I honestly think that when you had that final game in Oakland, the White Sox organization went and said, we need to prepare our bullpen for the playoffs. And yes, bullpens in the playoffs are fucking so important. Having guys at the back end that can go shut games down, that is beyond important. Did we overreact in a certain manner that's caused issues for other things? I would answer and just say yes. In the you just go and look at resource allocation in the offseason. So yeah, you kind of like overcompensated and it's still biting you in the ass because right, let's be honest, who's the only one you really trust back there? Liam Hendricks, probably. Because Joe Kelly's Joe Kelly can't find the command. I trust Liam Hendricks. I trust Liam Hendricks, but I also at the same time, man. I'm going to go in Ken Woe's corner here for just two seconds. Alex Calamay was able to get the job done for the White Sox <laughs> and wasn't brought back. What if you had Calamay, Hendricks, maybe Graveman, Garrett Crochet doesn't get hurt. Let's play butterfly effect. Perfect world. Aaron Bummer isn't just missing. Like yeah, somebody I, yeah. put a, like a poster out, like, Aaron Bummer's. Been, I yeah. did have an Aaron Bummer sighting Aaron, though when I was Aaron, at the game the other day. Aaron Bummer's on the uh, milk cartons now, Tony. Yeah, he's on the milk. He's on the milk cartons, but I did see him in the bullpen. Wow, I did see him in the bullpen the other day. He came out, he stretched, and some kid asked him for his autograph, and he walked right by him, just like this. Like had his hat cocked up, just walked right by this kid. Kid put his glove down, and he basically like shoved the kid's glove away as he walked back down the stairs. Yeah. It was wild. And he's probably, Aaron Bummer probably not in a great place right now. He's probably scared of the kid. You know, he's deer in the headlights and everything he does. So, hey, if the slider's not working, you got to get by people somehow. So, yeah, got to talk about it. Who knows? Yeah, that's all I've got to say about the bullpen. <laughs> yeah. I don't want to talk about no, it. It, 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 gives me, it gives me like. PTSD talk yeah, it's, it's a very interesting hypothetical. I think we go down many paths there. But as we reason we got on this, we were talking about Michael Kopech. So um, let's just hope for the best. And I think command, it, that's it's easy. To, once again, cliche. I'm cliche, man, here. It's command, man. If the fastball is going to be down a little bit in velocity, I will say he did tick up a little bit 
uh, from, you know, it was kind of down to like the 93, 94. And then his last start, maybe it was just a little humid or whatever, get a little extra grip on it. He did tick up to like 95, 96, um, which was, you know, kind of the fastest since he had suffered that knee injury. So um be interesting to see what it's coming out at tomorrow. But but don't you want to see Michael Kopech throw in 98? Yeah. 99? Yeah, I would love to. Just my think, personal choice. I think it's a combination of some, you know, fatigue on the arm, and then uh, the lower half obviously isn't as strong as it was to start because he had a knee issue. He had a fluid drain from his knee, and he's pitching through it. He can they manage it, but he's also not getting the same explosion that he used to be able to. Like fair, fair. I mean, I would Liam Hendricks, to, I, Liam I Hendricks still pumping it with the with the what is it? A slight yes, tear in his UCL. So like, eight. <laughs> <laughs> that guy's a madman. He's yeah. insane. That guy's insane. Well, I mean, yeah, it can be done somehow, some yeah, way. Can be done. All right, Tony. Last thing here. Pick the click for uh, series finale here. Pick the click for the series finale. I don't know, dude. Uh, Larry Garcia. I mean, it's almost sure bet he'll be in, right? <laughs> I mean, it's it's kind of a sure bet he'll be in. I don't know. I like. I just. I. I have to go, Larry. I don't know why. Just have to go, Larry. Okay. Maybe it's time for him to hit another home run. Who knows? Um. All right. I just haven't picked him in a while. Go, Tim Anderson, Mister All Star. Hey, I love it, Mister All Star. We haven't talked about that at all. Uh, he got off the got off the uh, the rough streak over the past couple of days here. Uh, he had two hits today. I think he had a hit yesterday. Um, but that was getting a little scary yeah, for a, for a oh, for brief minute in between there. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. It's just so not, uncharacteristic of him. Just, he's just so, he's so consistent normally. And it was over 19. So that seems like it's like been like, you know, like over 200 in terms of his, what we expect from him. So yeah, but hey, congratulations to Manderson, uh, your AL starting shortstop, uh, in the all-star game. So that'll be cool. Watch him in LA. So listeners, thank you for tuning in. Uh, some good comments today. I always enjoy the discussion, banter back and forth here. Uh, all in good fun. Um, good discussion. So uh, make sure you subscribe to Ontip Sportsnet on YouTube uh, so you can join that conversation. We'll feature them during the broadcast. Make sure you're visiting ontipsportsnet.com for all your Chicago sports literature and podcasting needs. Find us on social media at SoxOnTap at Ontap Sportsnet. Until next time, White Sox forever. White Sox forever. <laughs>